Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Welcome to episode 11 of the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast, The Paradox of Self-Made. Now, if you'd have been with me 10 years ago, almost to the day, you'd have seen me fail as an architect, and then you'd have seen me fail as an entrepreneur, if you like, or a self-employed business person. Now, when I say failed as an architect, I mean that I did the degree and then never did a day in an architect's practice. So what a waste of three years and a lot of my parents' money. And then uh, as a pub landlord, I ran a pub for two or three years and, you know, really didn't make any money out of that. And then I set up as my own artist. And two or three years later, I'd ran myself into approximately £50,000 worth of consumer debt, credit cards, car loans, etc. So I was the opposite of self-made. And I always wanted to be self-made. I always wanted to be someone who, like my dad, was an entrepreneur who ran his own businesses and enterprises that was maybe respected by others for kind of going it alone and doing it yourself and building a business and kind of beating the system and being your own boss and having all this free time and autonomy and being a leader and whatever else. Now, I suppose I always wanted to be that because uh, I certainly didn't get maybe as much love and attention I wanted when I was younger at school because I had a few things about me which made me a bit an an easy target, easy pickings, but I won't go there. But also because I grew up with my dad being an entrepreneur, and uh, he, he really did do some great things. And he always reminds me, uh, son, I was a millionaire two or three decades before you. And he always likes to remind me of that. Now, in most societies, certainly in America, in England, maybe most of Europe, the self-made entrepreneur, the rags-to-riches story of building your own business and, and doing it yourself on your own it's like a culturally fashionable thing. It's like we, a lot of the TVs we watch, Dragons Den, etc. All of the many of the episodes, uh, The Apprentice, they all seem to be geared towards us really loving self-made entrepreneurs, millionaires, sports people, celebrities, viral hits on social media. Yet, if someone is an employee, or if someone looks like they've been given money or had hand downs or supports, it's almost like they didn't do it properly and they weren't a real self-made entrepreneur. And I think there are a heck of a lot of myths around what a self-made entrepreneur really is. Now, I recently had the great privilege of meeting one of my heroes, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he spoke to me about what he thought self-made was. And he pretty much outright said, there's no such thing as self-made. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Conor McGregor, who's one of the UFC, one of the, the, the weight division world champions. And he's famously on videos that have gone viral, stated that he just doesn't believe that there is anything self-made. And his wife supported him through you know, training really hard and making huge sacrifices in training, diet, when he was a nobody, if you like. I mean, he wasn't a nobody, but he wasn't known by the, by the world. And he really credits a lot of his success to the support he had from his wife. Now, of course, 
every massive major politician or celebrity or sports person or huge business owner at some point has been supported by wife, family, husband, if, of course, if you're Sheryl Sandberg or Oprah Winfrey or whoever, and, and, a, and a team around them that often aren't seen in the limelight. Now, why am I creating a podcast on this? Because I guess I want to debunk and demystify self-made and, and really make it easier for you to become the definition of self-made as, the, as culturally we see it. But actually what it is, is getting the help of as many people as you can and having a vision and reaching that vision. And you're the captain of the ship. You're the person with your name above the door. You're the celebrity of your brand. But you can't get there on your own. And the more people you have helping you, JV partners, financiers, venture capitalists, staff, great customers who support you, agents, etc. The more people you have who help you and support you, the better you're able to do what you want to do and, and you're able to be in flow and do the things that are highest on your values. And the great thing is you get to take a lot of the credit if that's what you're looking for or take a lot of the money if that's what you're looking for or contribute massively to society if that's what you're looking for. And it becomes a real team effort. Now, I don't know if you've seen the Cristiano Ronaldo documentary. I was very inspired by that. I always like to study really successful and what people perceive culturally as self-made people. I love getting, just really seeing behind the scenes and what's made them successful, who's helped them along the way, what distinctions have they had. I love reading autobiographies and listening to them on Audible. I love meeting multimillionaires and billionaires and successful people. And I always think I can learn something from those people. And in the Cristiano Ronaldo documentary, his, his agent, who's a very famous agent in the football world, is almost like a family member to them. And, and you really get a sense of how much his agent has backed and supported Cristiano Ronaldo, Re, you know, really fought for him in the contract negotiations and really got him from great club to great club to great club and, you know, done great deals with him. And, you know, you see him having dinners with the family at birthdays and, you know, it's like he's one of the family. And he pretty much outright says on the, on the documentary that it is thanks to his agent that he is where he is. And I think that's a very humble attitude because obviously Cristiano Ronaldo has sacrificed a lot in his life, practice, 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 hours a day. And of course, he's not the only footballer. And I think it's good to use a footballer as an analogy because I think in many societies, footballers, yes, they're loved and adored by millions of fans, but they're also seen maybe as kind of false celebrities and maybe they do something that they don't deserve their salary for. But I don't, I don't agree with that at all. And football is a great example of a game that is a team sport. And you know, if, if, you're, if you don't, you're not surrounded by 10 other great players and if you don't have the best manager, then, you know, maybe you're not going to be as successful as you could be. And I remember the last season that Man United had Alex Ferguson as a manager. What a great leader he is. And uh, I say this with a, a little bit of bitterness, being a Liverpool supporter, but he won the Premier League for Manchester United that last year, pretty much with his leadership skills and experience. He had a lot of the team players that were kind of you know, coming out of contract or a little bit old or, or, or maybe he, you know, he certainly had a sense that maybe they wouldn't win the Premier League title next year. And it was proven that they, um, that, that was to be the case because I think they finished something like seventh. So, you know, he became a great leader and he really helped, but he still needed the team and the players to win. For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector. I'm a watch investor. And those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United. 
and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk. And he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years, and recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. And it's proven through him and many other examples. I don't know if you've seen Moneyball, where they kind of put a lot of misfits together in a baseball team and and make them become a successful team. So really, being a self-made entrepreneur is is more about having a team of A players or even misfits. If you you, uh, listen to or read The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, you can have a lot of quirky individual misfits within a team who are really highly skilled in very specific areas, maybe technical, operational you put them together. You you are the Steve Jobs putting the great team together. You're the Nolan Bushnell putting the great team together at Atari. And uh, you, you're able to get the best technicians and the people who've spent decades of their life serving their individual niche that they love, that they're passionate about, that they're in flow with. And you get to deliver your vision and be the self-made entrepreneur, you know, who kind of maybe takes a bit of the glory or builds the thing that, you know, you most want to build. So no man is an island. Now, I believe business represents life. Money represents life. Ultimately, business and money are an externalization of of society and how we interact with each other. And we are an interdependent species. So we're not a self-made species. We're not, I am a self-made entrepreneur. I don't need anybody else. That's a myth. We're an interdependent species. We need each other on the planet to survive. We need each other to procreate. We need each other to provide products and services to each other so that we can survive. And because of that, we have an equal balance between self-interest and humanitarian interest. If we had purely self-interest, i.e. the self-made entrepreneur, I do everything myself, then we would become too selfish for society to evolve and survive and thrive. And um, we would negate society uh, and overpower the self. Whereas if it was the opposite and we were totally service-based and humanitarian-based and we completely negated the self, we wouldn't progress as a self, maybe we would, as a self, become uh, kind of evolved out of society too. So there needs to be an equal balance for society to evolve and to survive between self-interest and humanitarian interest. And I believe entrepreneurialism and being in business is a direct reflection of that. You need to be having your own mission and vision. How do you want to change the world? What do you want for yourself? What puts you in flow? What, make, what gives you high self-worth? What, what can you keep growing through and learning in? And in turn, how does that help other people? How do you inspire others? How do you create products and services for others? How can you employ other people and give them a vision through your vision? How can you serve your customers, your staff, your suppliers, and everyone else? And that really 
helps me at least, and I hope it does for you too, give me a clear understanding that there is no such thing as self-made. There is such thing as interdependent human beings working together towards a common goal, a common vision that makes a difference. Now, you happen to be the one that's leading that as an entrepreneur or a business owner, or you want to be if you're listening and you're not yet. So you're the spearhead, you're the leader, you know, you're the person that stands on the front line. You take the flack if things go bad and you get to take the credit if things go well. By the way, I recommend it's a great thing to give the credit rather than to uh, take the credit because I think you'll really inspire your team who will work for you harder and longer and more inspired towards your vision. So no man is an island. We all rely on other people. Now, I'm terrible at admin. I could not organise myself out of a paperback. And I'm not very good at doing all my receipts and bookkeeping, booking my travel, uh, doing a lot of the kind of day-to-day operational stuff. Now, I don't look down my nose upon that because I've got an amazing executive assistant, PA, who's great at that. Uh, I've got an amazing agent who's great at getting me book deals and getting booking big keynote speakers for our events and helping me do joint ventures and meet amazing people and whatever else. But without them, I wouldn't be able to do that. And it's all very well me saying I own these companies and I'm a leader and all this kind of stuff. But if I didn't have these team players who are equally as good as me, but in their thing and their niche, then I wouldn't have the freedom to go and, you know, spend time doing these podcasts or traveling around the world or writing new books or whatever it is, you know, that I feel that I'm put on this planet to do. So I really do rely heavily, gratefully on amazing people around me. Now, I believe the best entrepreneurs and visionaries on the planet, they've got this distinction where they think it's not about how good I am, but it's how I can put a team together of the very best technicians, operationalists, anywhere from sales, marketing, finance, HR, admin, you name it, every single department, legal, anything that you can think you need in your business to grow. How can you find the very best technician or even strategist if you've got quite a, you know, a deep organisational chart and you've got many levels of management, great managers? Because by the way, great strategists aren't the same as great managers. Great managers aren't the same as great technicians. People who are really good technically and operationally and really OCD about detail are terrible with vision and strategy and ideas and creativity. Those of you and us who are good with ideas and strategy and vision and creativity, because we're the entrepreneur, we're terrible at doing all the details. We hate going through all the contracts and the legals. We find it so frustrating and boring to analyse over every last dotted I and cross T. But because if we didn't have people like that, our business would implode within a few seconds. Okay. So imagine trying to do all those functions yourself. You just couldn't do it. You would explode. If you're a property investor, imagine sorting out the mortgage yourself. Imagine letting the property yourself. Imagine doing all the buildings insurance. Imagine having to do the inventory tricks. Imagine vetting the tenants. Imagine managing the tenants. Imagine managing the finance. Imagine having to do all of that stuff yourself. You couldn't. But some of the biggest property entrepreneurs you know, across the planet, what they get to do is do the deal. Or they get to, you know, be, be the, build the relationships with the banks and the, and the financiers. And they get to do that. And then they kind of just hand the responsibility of everything else to all the managers and technicians. And that's a great thing. You, you put a lot of people together. You allow them to live their vision. You allow them to earn their money and get a better life. And um, so I really see being an entrepreneur and being a self-made entrepreneur as someone who's a great team player, someone who's really good at putting good people together 
working out how they can all fit and work together, even though they might be misfits or they might be really good at different things. And how can we get them sold in and bought into a vision? How can we get them to get along? How can we get them to serve each other? How can we get them to be interdependent and not dependent or independent? Uh, And uh, then I think we can really change the world. So really, if you think about it, going on about this self-made thing, businessman, entrepreneur, celebrity, it's kind of a selfish thing, really, because um, it's not really giving credit to all the people that have helped you along the way. Uh, I remember when I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger speak for the first time and he was doing a a speech and there was a lady in the audience and he got to stood up, stand up. And it was a lady who used to put him up uh, in her house for free when Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing his bodybuilding in his late teens when he didn't have a lot of money. And she put him up in his house and fed him and that couldn't have been cheap and supported him. And it was just an amazing thing to see to get to that she was in the audience at what, 80 years old. And he got to stand up and he gave her a huge amount of praise. And he said that without her, he wouldn't have been able to progress along his journey. And he's really grateful for all the people that have helped him along the way. And and he never forgets people like that. And I really do, again, believe that that's what self-made is all about. Because you cannot do everything. Now, self-employed people, that's different from an entrepreneur because what self-employed people do is they try and do everything themselves. You know, they're trying to do the bookkeeping. They're they're doing their VAT returns or tax returns if you're not from the the UK. And they're they're doing everything themselves. They're trying to be the salesperson. They're trying to do all the follow-up, all the admin. They're trying to book their own travel. They're trying to... And it's crazy because you can't be great at what you're great at if you're doing everything else, no matter how great you are at what you're great at. And then what happens is you end up resenting the business that you set up that you wanted to do in the first place and you love because you're trying to do all the stuff about the business that you hate, that you shouldn't be anywhere near, that you're a car crash at. And then you think, oh, well, I'm not successful or business isn't going to work. But that's a complete myth. You are successful, business will work, but you're getting stuck doing things that aren't right for you. So you need to make yourself redundant, not reliant in all of these areas of of technical ability. You need to, whether they are expensive Uh, or whatever you have to do, you need to hire the very best people because you are probably only as good as the weakest link in your team. And if you can put the very best people together, that's why if you read about Silicon Valley, you know, they're often all the the best technicians and coders and they're moving from the the kind of the new innovative entrepreneurial company to the next one, to the next one. Or you talk about headhunting and people getting poached because they know that if you can hire the very best people, then you can really build an enterprise that makes a difference, that solves problems for people, that really makes business fun, that makes a a significant amount of profit and kind of makes it easier for you to live the life leverage philosophy. I'm sure listening to this podcast means you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be a leader, you probably want to achieve more in less time, you probably don't want another job, you probably want a bit of freedom, you probably want to be able to travel, there are probably high level tasks you love doing, whether it's meeting millionaires and billionaires, whether it's learning and studying on how to make more money as an entrepreneur and make a difference, or whether it's uh, some kind of vision that you want to live, a legacy that you want to leave. And that's really what the life leverage philosophy is all about. But culturally, it's ingrained upon us. We have to hard work really hard. You know, sweat beats regret. And uh, the, the people who make the most money and make the biggest difference, you know, they get up earlier and they fight harder and they never give up. And I think that's kind of trite a little bit. And I don't really think that's what the, the biggest entrepreneurs in the world do. 
Now, of course, you have to work hard enough not to have to work hard. But do you see Richard Branson sweating for 16 or 18 hours a day? Do you see him bare knuckled, you know, grazing his skin to the bone with manual labor? Of course you don't. You see him amazing at PR, amazing at building relationships. He clearly knows what he's great at. He clearly delegates and outsources what he's not good at. He's famous for doing joint ventures with other people and companies that he thinks are really good in their field. Freddie Laker, you know, in in the airline industry, for example. And he sees his job to motivate them, to inspire them. He sees his job to lead them, to create a disruptive vision. You know, if he sees industries that he thinks are a bit tired or a bit monopolistic, think, okay, how can I disrupt that? How can I make a better service for people? And, and, And he really gets people bought into that, making a difference. And that's the easiest hard work in the world. And I believe that's really what self-made is. And uh, going back to the interview, the, the viral video of Conor McGregor, he said that his trainers and his sparring partners and his dietitians and all of his coaches and his mentors, they're the people that have made him. Therefore, he is not self-made. So if you don't have mentors, if you don't have a great team, if you don't have, you know, uh, you don't get the best training, you know, you don't keep investing in yourself, you don't read the best books, the autobiographies, if if you're not uh, watching documentaries on Apple TV rather than binge watching series, then you're probably not growing as an entrepreneur and you're probably not doing the highest level tasks that you can. And um, now, but by the way, I'm not saying shirk and don't do hard work. I'm not saying that, you know, you can just sit on a beach and order everyone about and be a bazillionaire. What I am saying is create a vision that people buy into, that they're inspired by. Don't go around telling everyone they should be an entrepreneur because for some people being an entrepreneur isn't right and it's too risky for them. So it's not about patronizing other people that they should be an entrepreneur. It's about fitting people together who, you know, maybe they want the security of being an employee or maybe they want to be an entrepreneur. So they want to be an entrepreneur within your organization. So you give them with the autonomy and freedom, but you reduce their risk by paying their overhead, by paying their, um, by, by paying their wages. And really, you just become good at putting the best people together, inspiring them, managing them, supporting them, giving them the praise and credit, taking the flack yourself, being the person who can stand up and take the responsibility of some of the hard things, who can solve the biggest problems, who can deal with difficult situations and scenarios and grow through it uh, so that you increase the belief and self-worth of your team as you do. They become more reliant on you, even though they're more free and they, it's not perceived that they need you, but they need you, the more of a leader and an inspiration you are. So you want to balance working hard on the things that aren't hard work, like vision, strategy, plans, creativity, using your brain rather than your, you know, your hands and your manual sweat. And, you know, you you work hard on that, but that's not hard work. You put yourself in a, a good around good people, you know, you probably in terms of your capacity to think, to be creative, you're probably as good as the five people you spend the most time with. So can you put yourself in a higher echelon of millionaires and billionaires and successful people? Can you infiltrate bigger networks so they can drag you up rather than people dragging you down? And that's all what makes a self-made person who isn't self-made. So make sure you're in great networks, masterminds, make sure you're being mentored by the very best people you can. Make sure that you're always growing, always learning. Make sure that you're humble to your team. Make sure that you're humble to your customers. Make sure that you're grateful for all the business that you have. Make sure that, you know, you reward people, you thank people, you say sorry when you mess up. And I remember reading and studying 
how to win friends and influence people. And it said, uh, give away the praise and take the, the credit, the blame and the responsibility. And I thought that was a, a great thing. So I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast on the paradox or the myth of being self-made. Uh, if you do really think this has been a benefit for you, please do share this with other people. I'd love to get more people listening to the Disruptive Entrepreneur so we can make a huge difference across the planet, create more entrepreneurs across the world, especially the third world, and um, help you grow your enterprise, make more money and make a difference, give more, contribute more, increase your self-worth through that and, and make a, a lasting difference on the planet. So thank you very much. If you're not on my Facebook page yet, it's forward slash Rob Moore Progressive. And if you've got anything you'd like me to share with you or to disrupt, then please ask a question on my Facebook page. And, I, you know, if I think it's going to help you, I'll create a podcast on it. Thank you very much.